Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. I learned a long time ago, I learned a long time ago, players win games. Carr claps his hands, now gets the ball, back to pass again, fires towards the end zone, Adams reaches, grabs! What a throw and catch! The Fresno connection works for the Raiders! When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Just win, baby. That's what the Raiders want to be saying when Monday evening gets wrapped up as week five will get underway. Matter of fact, week five will get underway starting tomorrow in the NFL. But, of course, it'll get shut down and closed down with Silver and Black taking on the Kansas City Chiefs Monday Night Football. And, of course, you can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness. Got my man, Demond Cotton, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Your boy Q, that's me. I'm back at the home studio after being at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, just a little while ago to hear head coach Josh McDaniels talk to the media. Also, for an opportunity to check out a little bit of the stretching period of practice. Now, that's all we get to see at practice at this point. Kind of makes me go back to training camp and think, man, I sure wish it was training camp when we were able to hang out there for a couple hours and really be able to see everything. That was awesome, but when it's in regular season mode, we only get a few minutes during the stretching period just to see what's going on out there. And then after practice, uh, guys are available to go into the locker room or like today, talk to Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. They'll both be at the podium, and then uh, the locker room will be open. And so guys like Vinny Bonsignor, guys like Clay Baker, uh, Heidi Fang is out there, Cassie Soto, Adam Hill, got folks like that uh, that cover the regular. Tashawn Reed will be able to go out there and, and go into the locker room, and hopefully Vinny's able to send us some, some uh, locker room audio that we could play on the show before we get wrapped up here this afternoon. Uh, I love having this time slot, 2 to 5, but when they, ch- when they shift times, when it comes to coverage of the Raiders, then it kind of throws us off a little bit. But, you know, we do the best we can to pivot and still bring you all the best uh, coverage possible here on Raider Nation Radio 920, in particular on this show, Unnecessary Roughness. So speaking of coverage and, and all that good stuff, we got a lot to get to on today's show. Very excited about it. Coming up at 2.30, Rob Collins from Fox 4 in Kansas City. He'll join the show. It is officially time to turn the page, right? We talked about the victory on Sunday. That's all fine and dandy. That was one. Now the Raiders' job, go get another. And then take a bye. And then get another. And then get another, right? I mean, it's time to start stacking wins. So, uh, you know, got behind the eight ball as they started out the season 0-3, but they finally tasted that first victory. Now it's time to move on from that victory, get back in the lab, get back to work, and know you have a very tough opponent coming up on Monday in the Kansas City Chiefs. So Rob Collins, Fox 4 KC, will join us at 2.30 to talk all things Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, what's what's their strength right now, what's their weakness, you know, players that uh, may be injured, you know, guys to look out for. We'll also get an injury report, our first injury report of the week. I believe we'll get it today you know what we might not get it till we might not get it till thursday so don't quote me on that because it is a monday game normally on a sunday game you get wednesday thursday friday but since it's a monday game we might not get our first injury report till tomorrow but either way we'll talk to rob collins coming up at 2 30 all things kansas city chiefs at three o'clock uh, we'll pivot our conversation a little bit and we'll talk with Pol- paloma villacana from fox 5 sports of course she is our our normal Wednesday guest at 3 o'clock, and she does a fantastic job covering all the sports here in the Las Vegas area. But we got to talk tomorrow. We got to talk about the UNLV Rebels who picked up a victory. You were in attendance at uh, Legion Stadium on Sun- uh, not Sunday, excuse me, on Friday, and uh, they, f- they found a way to win a game that I've said it multiple times. They wouldn't have won last year, 
right? They wouldn't have won that at all last year. No, they would not have, but Q, it was so special to see them make the comeback because when you see that the team, when they're putting those things together, those pieces or those perfect plays where they get the right breaks, it's like, man, UNLV is looking different. You know when a team is looking real good, it's like, hey, they might win this one? When you convert on the two-point conversion because, you know, there's always so many things that can go wrong right. when you go for two. But when it's a throw to the end zone, like a just a go-get-it fade, and the receiver that you're rooting for comes down with the ball, you're like, hey, I think they're going to win this one. Right, right, no doubt. You know, and they're playing some good ball. So we'll talk to Paloma, all things UNLV, uh, see what else she's got cooking, because I know that Paloma is never just doing one thing only. Paloma's all over city, and she's doing a whole lot of great work. So uh, we'll, we'll check in with Paloma at 3 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, Adam Hill from the RJ and also ESPN Las Vegas. He is at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right now. He is observing, well, he's not observing practice, because like I said, it's just a stretching period. But he will be in the locker room. He will get to talk to uh, the players in there and kind of get a feel for what's going on. He was the lone ranger there yesterday when defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and offensive coordinator uh, Mick Lombardi were talking to the media. And of course, the, the media room was packed today, but we all got a good laugh out of uh, Adam being the only guy there. So at, at 4 o'clock, we'll check in with Adam, talk all things silver and black, just kind of the vibe he got from the locker room. And of course, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, he'll have an opportunity to talk to them as well. And then at 4.30, I'm very excited about this conversation. Matter of fact, this guy was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as well. That's Sam Gordon from the RJ. He was in attendance last night at the Dollar Loan Center right here in Henderson where I'm located and literally it's right around the corner from me. I'm so excited, Damon, about what's coming to town. I'm excited about the sports market here in Vegas anyway, but man, I'm so excited about the G League and the G League Ignite and they're playing their home games at the Dollar Loan Center. Last night they had a hell of a game. I didn't get to go. and I wasn't in attendance, but I got to watch it on ESPN2 and you're looking at the number one and number two overall picks in the next uh, NBA draft. They're not playing in college. They're playing in the NBA G League, and it's literally right here in our backyard. And Sam was in attendance, and I know that you uh, you had your eye on that game as, uh, last night as well. What did you think when you saw uh, the performance in their first game at the Dollar Loan Center? Victor Wimbenyama and Scoot Henderson. It's yeah. one of those get the matchups ready for years to come. These guys were already tra- talking trash before the game. Yep. Victor Wimbenyama being 7-4 and moving like he's Kevin Durant. You just That's never wild, seen man. it. He's so big. Seven four. When they get that tall, you're like Chet Holmgren. He already broke his foot playing right. in pro ams. Right. He looks like the type of guy. Hey man, he looks a little fragile. Not with Victor. I was actually at the Golden Knights preseason game last night. Okay. But I was still checking my phone, yeah, looking yeah. for the updates, looking for the highlights on Twitter of a G League preseason game. Yeah. No. I was. I was watching it. I mean, I, I literally had it on ESPN two in my house, and I was just locked in on it. And Scoot Henderson is fantastic. Uh, too many times he tried to go at uh, Wimbanyaya. How do you say his last name again? Wimbenyama. Yeah, Wimbenyama. There you go. I had it. Look, I worked on it all day, and I still messed it up. But, yeah, no, he, he tried to go at him multiple times, and especially towards the end of the game, and he just kept getting blocked. It was hilarious. But that's just how good this player is, right? And so they match up again with each other tomorrow night at the Dollar Loan Center. So uh, there's a lot of folks that could be in attendance. I know Chris Paul was there last night. Uh, you had Devin Booker there last night. You saw um, uh, who else was there? Uh, used to be with The Aces the- were there. Yeah, the Aces were in attendance. There were so many, but there were so many people that were in attendance, and that's what I think is going to continue to happen. Like, we saw so many different, oh, uh, Boogie Cousins was there. Uh, You know, we saw so many stars at at Summer League, and we see so many stars at Summer League each and every year. Of course, at the Aces game at the Michelob Ultra Arena, we see a whole bunch of stars. Uh, And then 
now with the G League being here, these guys are getting like an early scouting report on these guys, and, and especially when you have stars come to town. Trevor Ariza, he was, uh, he was in attendance last night as well. Everybody, I promise you, Damon, everyone at practice today was talking about what was going on at the DLC last night. Everybody. And Sam, who we're, we'll talk to at 4.30 on the show, he was so pumped up. He was like, man, I can't wait to talk to you guys. I cannot wait to talk to you guys. He said it straight up, and I did too because people ask me all the time, well, Q, now that you're in Vegas and you're doing what you want, you're doing, What's next? Where do you want to go next? Like, where's the next location? I said, why would I want to go anywhere else? Why would I want to go any? Why would I want to leave Vegas with all the greatness that's going on here? And it's just getting started. That's the thing about it. Like, we are literally just starting to see the maturation of sports here in Las Vegas. I mean, of course, the Golden Knights got everything started. Of course, the Aces already won a championship. The Raiders are here. But there's so much else. You know, the IFL is here. Uh, now we've got the G League here. Uh, I'm sure baseball's right. The Aviators, don't let me slight the Aviators. You know, the Henderson Silver Knights. I mean, hell, they had a op- grand opening of their, uh, at their bar at the M Resort. I mean, right? I mean, it's just there's so much. Pretty soon this is going to be, and I know, that, I know that New York and, you know, Madison Square Garden, I know that that's the Mecca, but this is going to be the Mecca West. Right? This is going to be the Mecca West of sports. I promise you. It's going to be that thick. And, and so I'm so excited about just the way that everything is growing. So you watch. Four or five years from now, especially when you have young kids that are growing up, you know, you want to bring it all the way back to the Raiders. You got young kids that are growing up now with a professional team in their backyard. Guess who they're going to be fans of? The Raiders. So I know a lot of people here in Vegas just started to learn what it's like to have a professional team and be Raider fans. We see it all the time at the game. You know, they're just kind of getting acclimated to it. But you start watching these young kids that grow up with Allegiant Stadium in their backyard and the Raiders there. You know who they're going to be fans of? The Raiders. So that's just going to grow and grow and grow and be even more massive. But this, this potential that we have here for all the sports, the NBA, you know it's on the way. You know Major League Baseball is on the way. As much as I want to push the A's out of town, you know they're going to be here eventually. I'm an A's fan. I don't want to see them here. There'll be an NBA team here too. I mean, I just, uh, it's, it's so exciting all the potential that we have. And by the way, uh, LV Sports Network, who we, you know, we are obviously a part of, Raider Nation Radio 920, ESPN Las Vegas, 1230 The Game, Fox Sports Las Vegas. I mean, we're, you know, we got all these different stations. We also have the rights to the G League Ignite team. So think about that. We're going to be broadcasting some G League Ignite games as well. So I'm not guaranteeing that we're going to broadcast them all, but we're going to take care of them. So, I mean, anything that's sports related, you know where you can find it? Las Vegas Sports Network. So Sat- we're going to be on the ground floor with the Scoot Henderson coverage. Yes. So we can be the people, hey, we know that he's already projected to be one or two in the draft, yeah. but hey, like we're going to get that. We're going to like get that stock early. Right. Maybe school, we can build a relationship with him, get him on the show or something. And the thing about it is he won't be the last one. That's the thing. I mean, you're going to see stars roll through there all the time. And so we're going to just, you know, guys that are on the come up. It's, it's a good, hey, look, man, it's a good time to have a good time, man. We're doing some big things here in Las Vegas. So very excited about the climate. So we'll talk to Sam Gordon. I'll tell you, he was all smiles. When I was talking to him at practice, he was just like, I mean, it was almost like he was in awe of how, one, how fantastic it was at, at the G League game last night, but also just thinking about the future of sports here in Vegas. So we got a lot to get to on today's show. Rob Collins at 2.30, Paloma Villacana at 3, Adam Hill at 4, Sam Gordon at 4.30. lot to get to in a little bit amount of time. You know we'll run out. We always do. Let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And really, Damon, you should have stopped me when I was on a roll and I was talking about all the sports here in town because we just got a text from the 916 at Sacramento, California said, hey, man, 
Don't forget about the UFC. And as the guy who hosts the show called The Fight Game, you should not have let me slip past the UFC without saying anything. That's on me. I was getting so you involved with right the team sports. <laughs> I mean, I forgot about the UFC. The UFC, I'm going to be talking about That's this tomorrow. That's your bread and butter. I'm going to be talking about this tomorrow on the fight game. Not too happy with the UFC. They let Mark Zuckerberg rent out the entire Apex this past weekend. Yeah, what was that about? I, yeah, billionaires got special access. Just like, hey, Dana, do but me a was, solid. There was no media allowed. There was no fans or anything, right? I, I wasn't there. <laughs> no fans were there. That's what I'm saying. That, I was. I always wonder what that was. My, my my man Lee Sterling, who joins us on Fridays at five or at four thirty, excuse me, uh, to you know give us the betting lines. He 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 called it UFC Facebook edition. That's what he called it uh, last week, and he said he had no idea why uh, he was allowed to do that, but he did. And so I, I thought, okay, thought you'd be all over over that. But yeah, don't let me forget about the UFC and boxing and all the combat sports that are here in town as well. We got uh, F1 coming. I mean, look, there's a lot that I forgot about. You know, and obviously it's not at the top of my mind, but there you go. So uh, plenty to get to uh, when it comes to sports here. But let's get back to the Raiders. Let's get into the Chiefs because that is the next opponent up on the schedule. So the question that I want to throw out there today, of course, I always want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. It's always great to get interaction with Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Then the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We definitely appreciate Sam and Ash. Question is, what Chief? should the Raiders be most concerned about in Monday's game? Like, who is the biggest Raiders threat Monday night? And look, before you answer and say, oh, duh, Patrick Mahomes, because that's the easy answer. No, seriously, think about who the Raiders need to be the most concerned about. And the reason I don't say Patrick Mahomes, because Patrick Mahomes is going to do what Patrick Mahomes does, right? I mean, you're, you're not going to stop him. You're not going to shut him out. He's not going to have a, a day where it's like, oh, he didn't, he didn't play well. Patrick Mahomes is a damn good quarterback, so he's going to play well. But now that they don't have Tyreek Hill, you wonder what the offense is going to look like. It's, it looks like it's doing pretty well. But who do you think is the one that the Raiders need to be the most concerned about? And, look, you don't have to even stick with the offense. And in my case, I don't even think I'm going to stick with the offense. I think I'm going to roll to the defense because, look, the Chiefs are going to score. That's my thing. The Chiefs are definitely going to score. The Raiders are going to have to match them. The Raiders are going to have to score touchdowns, not field goals. You know, so many people hit me up and say, Q, I feel good about this game. I do too. And on one condition, actually two conditions, the Raiders score touchdowns and they play four quarters. If they do that, I can live with any results that, that are out there. I can live with them losing. I can live with them winning. I mean, tie, whatever. If they score touchdowns, don't go two for five or two for six in the red zone, and they play four quarters I feel like they have a, a, a great chance to win the game. I, there's no doubt about it. I'm as confident as it gets when it comes to that, as long as they do those two things. But for them to score touchdowns, that offensive line, who I think that you know maybe we know who the starting five is going to be this upcoming week on the offensive line, they're going to have to protect Derek Carr from the pass rush of the Kansas City Chiefs. The pass rush of the Chiefs this season has been really good. In my opinion, it's been really good. Better than I think the Chiefs expected it to be. That's kind of how they've been hanging their hat. When they, in the game that they lost to the Colts, I think they had like seven sacks on Matt Ryan. And I, look, I know they're not going to do that every game. No, no team's going to go out there and get seven sacks. But I really think that stopping those guys to, from getting to Derek Carr, similar to what they had to do last week to, with the Denver Broncos. You know, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, no joke. Every team in the AFC West, in my opinion, I know Joey Bosa's out right now with the Chargers, but – Every team in the AFC West has edge rushers that can get to the quarterback. So I think first and foremost, the Raiders have to make sure that they keep those edge rushers, that defensive line, off of Derek Carr's back. That's, my, that's, my, that's who I'm really focusing in on is the offensive line protecting Derek Carr. 
I'm also looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that's something that we don't talk about a lot is the Chiefs in their running game because for the longest, Andy Reid has acted like the running game is kryptonite and doesn't want to use it. He's used it this year, something that I thought he probably would do after Tyreek Hill left, like, okay, this might force him to actually use the run game. He's using the run game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield and catching passes is pretty sticking good. He's pretty sticking good. He's done a good job. So really, if I had to focus in on what I'm looking for, and we'll worry about keys of the game later. Matter of fact, we'll probably talk about keys of the game on Monday. Uh, we'll do a, instead of unnecessary roughness, it'll really be like Hughes kickoff before he pitches to JT and Eric Allen for the official pregame show. We'll do actual keys to victory on Monday. But if I'm looking at who I, I'm most concerned about, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire offensively for the Chiefs, and then it's those edge rushers for the, for the Chiefs defensively. I think that Colton Miller is going to have his hands full. I think Thayer Mumford is going to have his hands full. Do I think that they're, they're capable of doing the job? Absolutely. Alex Bars is going to have to continue to try hard, right? Isn't that what, isn't that what Lincoln Kennedy said? He's going, to, he's going to try hard. He's going to give you everything he's got. He's going to have to do that. And Dylan Parham is going to have to be, continue to be an outstanding rookie because that's what I think he's, he's been. I think he's been an outstanding rookie. Andre James came back last week from the concussion, showed, showed what his worth was. So, Raider Nation, I definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. What chief or chiefs should the Raiders be most concerned about in Monday's game? Who is the Raiders' biggest threat Monday night as they try to win this one and really have some good momentum going into their bye week if they can sit there at 2-3? and three. And there's no mistake in it. Don't get it twisted, Raider Nation. I definitely believe they can win the game. They can win the game. They just have to play four quarters, and they have to score touchdowns and not field goals. 702-365-9200. DeMond, who's up first? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider, welcome to the show. What's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, Q, I think we're going to have to really lock on Kelsey this game, man. I think Juju Smith-Schuster and all them, I mean, I think the other guys can handle them one-on-one, but we're really going to have to put some special attention and let this dude know that he's not running nothing no more in the AFC West, Q. We've got to eliminate him, man. He has been our, besides Tyree Kill, he's been our, our worst enemy every time we play him. They've got to hit him off the line hard. First series, second series, ring their bell, so then we don't have to worry about them the rest of the game, man. That's We have to ring their bell. Hit them hard, like Al said, handle that business. That's all I want to see. And just like you said, I, I, I won't be mad. I'm never mad if the Raiders lose a game when they're playing football. You can't win them all. But when, like, you're in that red zone going two for six, yada, yada, yada man, that's, that's not going to work, man. That's not acceptable. That's not going to make people happy. I mean <laughs> – there's nothing even to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. Fix it. So hit that man hard. And I'll give you one right now, Q. Put him down. Put him <laughs> down. Let's go. Thank you, Passion Raider. I appreciate you. And, and, yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey, my man Cisco hit me up and said Travis Kelsey as well. Travis Kelsey for the longest has been a Raider killer, right? You know, and, and now I think that this it could be a little bit different. He's still an outstanding player. He's great. He is fantastic. I just feel like the Raiders have a little bit better chance with him now that they don't have that, that massive threat in Tyreek Hill as well, right? It's, it's, so now I'm hoping, and I could be completely wrong. We can come in on Tuesday and I can be like, well, my bad. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is still a killer, which, I, again, I don't want anyone to get it twisted. He is a killer. But I just feel like without Tyreek Hill there, the, the Raiders, in my opinion, have a better chance trying to slow down 
Travis Kelsey. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's 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 a hell of a player. So you definitely got to watch out for him. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R Q and D. Raiders need to be very concerned with that Kansas City front four defense. As of now, they're holding opponents to a total of sixty nine yards a game on the ground. I believe our run game will expose that and go off for one forty five plus. Most importantly, Carr will run for four first downs. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. So Sir Whiskey believes that Carr ran for five first downs on Sunday, so now he's going he's gonna to keep that thing going and, and just have one less and four. And, and, hey, if he does and you're right about that, great, because that's something that I think he should incorporate into his, uh, you know, his, his game plan each and, each and every week. You know, like, hey, this is something I can do. I don't want to do it, but I can if I have to. I just don't know if he will. I Before – before I fall for that banana in the tailpipe, I got to see him do it a few times, right? I got to see him actually commit himself to saying, I'm going to try to at least keep plays alive on my feet a few times before I say that that's what he's going to do. But, yeah, going back to what I was talking about, about that, that Chiefs defensive line, it has been better than advertised going into the season. And, again, we'll talk to Rob Collins coming up at 2.30, and that'll be one of the first things I ask him about is that that front four and the, the edge rushers that have been getting after the quarterback and slowing down the run, as you mentioned. Uh, thank you so much for that text. Going back out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Who's up next, Damon? Gangster Raider. Gangster Gangster, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's happening? Travis Kelsey is the biggest concern we'd be worried about, and we need to beat him up. We need to make it a very physical, physical game for him. Every time he leads the line, Somebody need he he needs to have no free releases off the line. Somebody needs to chip him or hit him every time he's um releasing the line. And when he's blocking, they need to physically block him, make him regret that he ever played football, make <laughs> him want to quit the game. You know what I'm saying? And also, we gotta force the run down their throats. I need every running back that's active to get at least two or three runs. I need a two touchdowns from Josh Jacobs and another one from Zamir, and I need Derek Carr to step up. I need a three-touchdown game from Derek Carr. I need one to um, Adams, one to Rinfo if he's playing. If Rinfo ain't playing, then give it to Mac 10 and we also need one to Waller. Him and Waller, whatever they need got going on, they need to get on the same page and perfect their um, connection because this game, I need Waller to step up, and also I need Trayvon Merrick to um, shadow um, Kelsey everywhere he go and beat him up. Every time he catch the ball – Tackle him hard. Make him feel it. Make him wish he would put hold a whole nother profession and the Raiders win this game. You know what I'm saying? That's the game plan, and we need to um, cancel out Travis Kelsey. If we get him out the game, we got an 80% chance to win, and also we need to score touchdowns. I need three touchdowns from um, Waller, I mean from um, Carr, and two touchdowns from Jacob, and whatever else we get. I guarantee we win the game. Keep it gangster, y'all, as you were. There he goes. Gangster Raider right there talking about a five-touchdown performance for the Raiders on Monday night. Now, look, the Chiefs and their defense are going to have something to say about that. But uh, I, I get I get where you're going. And, uh, you know, the run game I think is going to be very important. But as Sir Whiskey Ray pointed out, the Chiefs right now are pretty stingy on the ground. Not that that doesn't mean that the Raiders can't run on them. They've just been pretty stingy on the ground. Let's get one more quick call in. How about Jared in Vegas? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Thank you. You know, I agree with, with a lot of what everybody is saying Obviously, Kelsey is the Raider killer. He has been for far too long. We've let him run free far too often. I hope we got a good good game plan for him. But, you know, um, you were talking about Edward Zulaire, and though he's he's been doing better this year, man, that Isaiah Pinchero, I I know I'm probably not announcing his name right, but that Isaiah Pinchero is pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I don't think it was any accident that they used him a lot in that game on Sunday night because I think that Andy Reid has 
plans to use him a lot against us, I think we're better be ready because that dude is thick and he can run and he's got some wheels, man. I mean, he's a he's a four three seven guy, so um, we got our work cut out for us. It's going to take a game that is uncommon to us this year. Doesn't mean we can't do it, like you said. We can do it. It is possible for these guys to get it done, but it's uncommon to us this year. No mistakes and capitalize on your red zone opportunities. So let's get it. Hey, good call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, look, you could talk about the running backs in general. And Isaiah Pacheco is who you're talking about. Four games, 28 carries, 140 yards. He's averaging five yards a carry. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, four games, 41 attempts, 208 yards a, 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 a total, averaging 5.1 yards per carry. So uh, there's that. And then how about, uh, let's see, two – I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is averaging 52 yards receiving a game and Pacheco 35 yards uh, a game receiving. So, yeah, the, the running backs are being used early and they're being used often. So those are, to your point, definitely have to look out for those. Do we have time to take one more call tomorrow? What do you want? All right, who do we got up, up next? We got Sean in Baltimore. Sean, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q, is that is the, the guy you were just talking about, is that the dude number 10? That he, like, he got number 10, like Tyree old number? Because he was balling, man. Yeah. Like, I just want I just want to say like I understand like Chelsea be killing us, killing us, killing us, but misdirection plays be killing us every time we play them boys. Yeah, man. Every for time sure. we play the Chiefs, misdirection always kill us. So we just need to keep a lookout for that because Chiefs famous for that, man. And that little them little shovel passes they be doing on the goal line be killing mm-hmm. people too, man. So we got to look out for that also. But I want to drop a real quick nugget on y'all. Okay. For I know it's real early for free agency. Lamar Jackson, Miami, book it. I'm telling you. Okay. All right. There you go. I've seen a couple people tweet, uh, you know, pictures of Lamar Jackson in a Raider jersey. And, uh, you know, I don't want to start the – I don't want to start that conversation already. Like you said, it's really early. But that's a hell of a player. <laughs> that's a hell of a player. That's, that's all I got to say about that. I know you're in Baltimore, so you get to see him all the time. That is one hell of a player. Uh, even before he was an MVP in the league, even before he got drafted, as a matter of fact, when I had an opportunity to talk to him, man, I really, I, I really liked the the person that he is. I thought, I always thought Baltimore was a perfect city for him, just because of well, everything you know about the city of Baltimore. I just thought that Lamar, just his whole attitude, his approach, his leader leadership that he has. I mean, that's that's a good dude right there with a good head on his shoulders. And uh, man, again, that's a that's a hell of a player. But that misdirection, that eye candy. Matter of fact, head coach Josh McDaniels talked about that eye candy earlier today and being disciplined, and we'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels throughout the course of the show. But coming up next, we're going to take our attention to the Kansas City Chiefs and really focus in with Rob Collins from Fox 4 KC. He'll, do, he'll give us everything we need to know uh, on this Wednesday about the Chiefs. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Well, we're uh, obviously well into Kansas City. Um, this will be a, uh, <clears throat> a big challenge. Um, we're going to need a good week of practice here. Uh, guys came in with a good attitude today, ready to get started, and you know got an extra day, which is a good thing uh, for this team. Uh, they, they do a lot of things, so it'll be good for us to have an extra opportunity to work. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Just heard from head coach Josh McDaniels right there. He met with the media earlier today talking about Kansas City, and they're getting to work. Matter of fact, they're working right now. 
uh, player availability in the locker room will be uh, open in just a little while, but uh, we got to see a little bit of the stretching period and, and talk to the coach earlier today again at Raiders HQ. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs is our good friend Rob Collins from Fox 4 KC. You can find him on Twitter at RCFox4KC. And Rob, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. And I got to ask to start. How quickly after the Chiefs wrapped up with the, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night did everyone in Kansas City say, okay, the Raiders are coming to town? Oh, you know it, my man. You flip the switch when it's Raider week real quick. Uh, they <laughs> relish the win, of course, over uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady, and the Bucs. But you know it's Raider week in town in Kansas City when people start honking at folks with uh, Raider flags and bumper stickers on the back of their cars and vehicles. That's funny. Love it. Love it. What do, you, what do you anticipate the environment being like Monday night in Arrowhead Stadium, primetime, Raiders and Chiefs? Come on, man. You know what it's going to be. These Chiefs fans are going to be lubed up starting at noon, man. They'll have their smokers out there before the gates open. They'll have a lot of beverages iced down ready for the primetime matchup between uh, Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be loud. You know the decibel level record yeah. and everything like that. It's going to be nuts, man. It's exactly what you'd think a Monday night game during Raiders week will be. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I, I anticipate the same thing. Talk with Rob Collins here from Fox 4, Kansas City on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So I wanted to start off and ask about the pass rush and that defensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs because from where I'm at, it seems like they're playing even higher than or in a higher level than was expected. What have you seen from that, that defensive line so far for Kansas City this season? Yeah, they've opened up Chris Jones, and we know the, the failed – experiment they did with Chris Jones and putting him on the end. He's back where he naturally belongs as the CEO of Sac Nation there at Tackle, and it's freed him up, and George Karloftis is getting in the rotation. You know, Frank Clark hasn't done anything outstanding, but he's still there. He's still capable of it. People here are waiting for him to show up and, you know, be the Frank Clark of old. But the defense as a whole, man, it's the biggest surprise for me for this Kansas City Chiefs team. I mean, they easily take, Spagnolo said, the defensive coordinator takes – four to six games for the defense to get humming. But this defense has been humming since basically week one when they just terrorized Arizona. And if I told you the Chiefs were the number one rush defense team, you'd probably say, dude, get out of the dispensary. Let's talk real football. But they are, man. They're only allowing 66 rush yards a game, and they're doing most of this without Willie Gay and Trent Duffy. Legereus Sneed, he's leading the team in sacks and quarterback hits. What's he been doing coming off the edge as a cornerback that's led him to be so successful getting to the quarterback? Yeah, Spagnuolo's finding him mismatches, and, man, he's exploiting them. As you mentioned, he got the sack against Brady. He's leading the team in tackles and leading the team in sacks from cornerbacks. It's just amazing. He's a cool chess piece that Spagnuolo has. And Legereus is quick, he's athletic, and we know he can tackle him. That's the one thing about this defense that I think is a pleasant surprise for folks around here. They are much faster, they're more athletic, and the tackling is a lot better because of it, because they're fast and athletic. They're in position to make the tackle instead of reach out to try to grab somebody from behind. They're right there squared up and buckled up and ready to bring it. Talking right now with Rob Collins here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So looking at the offensive side of things, one of the big questions everyone had, at least outside of Kansas City, was what does the offense look like without Tyreek Hill? What has been your overall thoughts through the first quarter of the season? Yeah, obviously you miss Tyreek Hill. When you're one of the best receivers in the National Football League, leave your team, you're going to miss that. And what they miss most to me is that you know long shot threat, the downfield threat, and separation receivers haven't gotten a whole lot of separation if you kind of go back and look at the all-22. So there's some tight windows, but we know Mahomes can 
hit those tight windows. And he's spreading the ball around. The Chiefs may be one of the teams in the NFL that spread the ball around to the most receivers. And they're doing all this on offense with basically MBS and Juju Smith-Schuster not doing a whole lot. Yes, they are getting catches and getting yards, but neither of them have a touchdown so far. Wow, that, that is interesting. And, you know, Rob, one of the things I, I threw out the question earlier today as I started the show, you know, who is the one that scares you the most when it comes to Kansas City? What do the Raiders have to look out for? And, and my answer was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then we also had Isaiah Pacheco because the running backs, to to probably surprise of everyone, have actually been used a lot so far this season. What have you seen from those that running back duo so far? Yeah, they're great, and you you throw in Jarek McKinnon in there too. And it, if you go back and watch the Bucks game, every time uh, they would run the ball, they would find holes and find space. And the Chiefs' offensive line, you know, we we know they're so good. And depending on how teams play them, if teams try to stop the run, obviously they're going to put all the tight ends in. You've seen a bunch of tight end sets, three tight end sets out there from Andy Reid, and Patrick just spreads it around. Then when they go back, then they can find those gaps up the middle and run. And and when if you go back and look, uh, when Vitavea was off the field from the Bucks, the Chiefs ran all over the place. But when he was on the field, they threw the ball all over the yard. So depending on how the Raiders plan to play the Chiefs, that probably depends on what Andy Reid does with his offense. Did the loss of Tyreek Hill kind of force Andy Reid to start implementing the run game a lot more? Um, I think it did because he knew he didn't have that deep threat. And obviously you want to control the ball. I mean, obviously the Chiefs can score in a heartbeat if you let them, right? But with the ball control that they have now with the offense, again, behind that big offensive line, it's playing pretty well, and those guys have played together for a couple seasons now. So I think Andy Reid kind of realized, all right, we've got to shift a little bit because we don't have Tyreek Hill and the way people are defending us. I know that with the Chiefs that Patrick Mahomes, he's the bread and butter. He's the former MVP. Everything that he does is spectacular. We can go back to that flip pass that he had against the Bucks <laughs> on Sunday. But – how are teams been able to defend him? More specifically, what did the coach do against him that worked so well that other defenses haven't been able to do this season? Yeah, you know, that Colts game was an anomaly. I think uh, the Chiefs, you know, they'll never admit it, but to me they kind of overlooked them, you know, because they had Tampa coming in. So I think what you saw against the Bucks is what you're really going to see. But teams are trying to get Mahomes, you know, out of the pocket, get him from being comfortable. But the problem with that is you saw what he did during the Tampa game. He can escape. Dude's a wizard, man. That play he did was crazy with the layer, not only evading the defender, but that little spin move, jump pass, shot put pass, whatever, to CEH. That was nuts. And we've seen Mahomes do this a lot. And I know Josh McDaniel talked about it today. He talked about all the eye candy that the Chiefs show yeah. pre-snap to try to confuse you. But that eye candy is for a reason, and, and usually it works, whether it's Kelsey lining up there to run the option or you know Noah Gray back there or somebody else. The Chiefs just have a, a lot of weapons, and that's no, not breaking news, right? But they execute those eye candy plays, so to speak. Yeah, no doubt, and, and let's expand on that eye candy because, uh, you know, something that a lot of folks have even called into the show and said that misdirection, 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 that's what the Chiefs are kings of, and, and that's, you know, going back to that eye candy, how do they execute that so well? Because that takes everybody playing on the same, you know, or being on the same page to be able to execute those misdirection plays. Yeah, it goes back to training camp, man. Coach Reed's camp is one of a kind. They work on that stuff all the time, and then, you know, Patrick Mahomes, taking all the receivers over the summer down to Texas to practice. I mean, those guys put a lot of effort into it. And those are the plays that the guys like. I mean, you know, when you're going to go do an assignment or something that's a little bit different and something that's kind of funky and you like it, you might pay a little more attention to it. 
So I think that's that's what it is. And, and you know, Coach Reed's meticulous, and we know Patrick Mahomes is Mr. Meticulous. So those plays work. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they work a lot. <laughs> We're talking <laughs> right work. now. <laughs> We're talking right now. Yeah, and, Go ahead. And it might be because of those acting commercials. You know, Patrick Mahomes and Coach Reed and the State Farm commercials, they – Acting on each other, it's pretty funny, man. Yeah, no, they're getting they're getting their shine right now. As a matter of fact, they're doing a whole <laughs> lot of that. We're talking right now with Rob Collins from Fox 4 KC, getting a deep dive on the Kansas City Chiefs as they're the next team up on the opponent. Monday Night Football Arrowhead should be a whole lot of fun. How about the Chiefs offensive line, Rob, and in particular Orlando Brown? What I was watching and seeing on Sunday night seemed like Orlando Brown was struggling a little bit. What have you seen from uh, Orlando so far? Yeah, he's had his struggles for sure during this season so far, and that's been a surprise. Obviously, you know, contract year is undefeated, as they like to say, and uh, I'm not sure that Orlando Brown's playing up to uh, get the contract and the money in the years that he wants right now because we've seen him get beat off the edge a few times uh, so far in the first four games. So I think it'll get that cleaned up. You know, that offensive line is a good unit. they got uh, some veterans on there, Joe Tooney on there as well, but they do have a lot of good rookies with uh, Creed Humphrey, not rookies, but younger players, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. So that offensive line, obviously this game is, you know, like almost every football game is one up front between the front four on both sides. What would you say right now is the the Chiefs' biggest, I don't want to say even like issue or Achilles heel or biggest hole that they have because they seem like a very complete team, but what's what's the one area that, that the Raiders may be able to exploit on Monday? Well, the Chiefs need to get more pass rush. It needs to come from someone else other than our big guy, Chris Jones. And then, you know, Steve Spagnuolo sends people like Snead off the edge. But if they can get pressure with their front four, it's going to be a long night for the Raiders. Plus, they got to get Harrison Butker back, man. The kicking thing, man, you mm, saw it yeah. against yep. the Colts. That was dreadful. And then it worked out in the inverse against the Bucks when they fumbled the opening kickoff. But when Harrison Butker comes back, I think uh, he should renegotiate his contract right now because they saw – just how much of a weapon that Harrison Butker is for this team. When do you expect him to come back? Hopefully it's this week. You know, Chiefs didn't practice today because of the Monday night, so they'll practice tomorrow on Wednesday, and we'll get an update from Coach Reed. But uh, hopefully, and, you know, they do have Justin Reed, the safety. He's kicked field goals and extra points. But (laughs) Matt Wright is uh, still here on the practice squad. You mentioned the defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, but what about offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy? I know that they had the little tiff on the sidelines during the Colts game, and it could have been nothing, could have been something. But what's that relationship growing like with him and Patrick Mahomes, and what is that influence that he has over this Chiefs offense? Yeah, both of those guys said it was nothing. Just two competitors, you know, going after it. Obviously, Mahomes wants to score on every single play. Every time he touches the ball, and Bieniemy is like, we're good, let's just chill. And, you know, that brings up a sore point to some folks here because of the AFC Championship game when those two got in another little exchange. They weren't happy about how the way the game ended in the first half against the Bengals. You saw what happened in the second half. So it's an interesting dynamic between those two. And, you know, we don't really get the dirt because <laughs> we're not in those meeting rooms. But I'd sure love to be in there to see how the play calling and the decisions work between those two and Coach Reed. Rob, as we uh, wrap this up, I wanted to ask you, of course, the Raiders have, I mean, they have, I feel like they have a lot of weapons where they can compete with any team in the league now that they have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and assuming that they get a healthy Hunter Renfro back, he was out at practice today with the red non-contact jersey on, so I'm assuming he's going to be ready for Monday. Mm-hmm. Of course, a concussion, you got to kind of you let it run its course and you can't rush him back. We all saw that. But uh, if all three of those guys are healthy and out there, how do you uh, think that Steve Spagnola, defensive coordinator, will try to defend them? 
Well, I think obviously you're going to roll coverage toward Devontae and, and make sure he doesn't beat you deep. And Spag is going to bring the pressure on Derek Carr, man. He, he's going to make Carr earn it and see if he can hit those tight windows and, and get the ball out of his hands quickly because the Chiefs have been uh, bringing it, as you've seen in the last uh, four games. Yeah. So don't don't expect Spags to just sit back on his heels and, and let Derek Carr uh, call him up underneath with the ball there. He's going to bring the pressure. And the Chiefs are, are going to be fired up for this one. Don't think for a minute they don't remember the old victory lap around the, the stadium in the bus there when Gruden was there. Because the Chiefs, have, after that game, the Chiefs have outscored the Raiders 124 to 18 or 54. 124 to 54. Are so, they still talking about the bus lap? <laughs> oh, people talk about it all the time here. It's Raider Week, man. You know, you got to bring any motivation you can when the Raiders come to town. The Chiefs are going to put up some fireworks in this one man I, unfortunately for all the raider fans listening i'm sorry you can blame the messenger call me a homer but i think you might have a 40 burger in your future oh Ooh. my goodness you know it's, it's so funny rob that it was actually the bus trip was actually uh, brought up in in our raider media earlier this week and uh, josh mcdaniels <laughs> was asked about it and i thought to myself we haven't let that go yet like that's not over and now now you tell me that they're still talking about it in kc as well that's that's crazy that's wild to me but i get it you know, why not, right? Whatever whatever gets you fired up, right? <laughs> yeah, long memories during Raiders week, man. Long I heard that. During Raiders week. <laughs> I'm not mad. Hey, that's, and that's what makes it a lot of fun. I can appreciate that. Well, Rob, fantastic stuff as always, my man. What do you got coming out on, you know, Fox 4 that we need to be on the lookout for? Hey, man, we're just we're talking about Chiefs. That's, that's what we got here. And then plus Kansas. University of Kansas football, man. Yeah. 5-0. College game day is there Saturday. So uh, we're primed up for that. And then Monday night, busy times here in the heartland. Hey, n- nothing wrong with that. And, yeah, how about those Jayhawks, man? 5-0. and They're they're playing some good ball. Hopefully they can hold on to their coach for another season, right? <laughs> oh, boy, that's a sore subject here already. People are like, do not go to Nebraska. Do not go to Wisconsin. They, they're wanting uh, KU to open the checkbook to, to keep Lance Leipold and Lawrence. Yeah, Coach Leipold's fantastic. Coming over from Buffalo now there, doing big things in Kansas, and they're off to a 5-0 and start. That's great. Well, Rob, thanks so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you as always. Always great insight. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, brother. There he goes, my guy, Rob Collins, Fox 4 Kansas City at RC Fox 4 KC on Twitter. And he thinks a 40-burger. He thinks a 40-burger. And, I, hey, you know. I guess when you're used to seeing the, the high-flying attack that the, the Chiefs are, I guess you get a whole lot of confidence. I'll say this, you know, and, and of course I'm never going to you know, sound disrespectful to any guests that we have. I don't think that the Chiefs are, are going to score 40 on the Raiders. I, don't, I, don't, I just have a lot more confidence in Patrick Graham's defense and what we've seen from them so far this season. Now, it, I can come back on Tuesday and be like, all right, my bad, but I just happen to feel like that defense is going to play a lot better than giving up 40 points, but we will see. Uh, obviously, they're still talking about the bus going around the stadium, and I thought we were done with that. 2.46 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Rob Collins from Fox 4 KC. Join us to give us our first preview of the Chiefs. Of course, they'll take the field on Monday Night Football. Kansas City's in some type of mood, man, waiting for the Raiders to get to town. Mailman Raider hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Can you ask him what his thoughts are on Sky Moore and if he gets more playing time at wide receiver? And I unfortunately didn't see that 
before we hung up with Rob, and I, that's exactly how you do that, Mailman Raider. Hit us up. I'm supposed to be checking that a lot more during interviews so I can pass along any question that we might have. So what I did is I did shoot him a text and ask him, and he said, I think that they'll try to work him in a little bit more. He got four targets in the Bucks game, but I think he might have been in the doghouse a little after his special teams mistakes in Indianapolis. And so that was Rob's response to Mailman Raider's uh, question. And, yeah, the special teams uh, against Indianapolis was the big reason why they took that L. The special teams unit was not very good. But thank you, Mailman Raider, for that, and I'll make sure I continue to check the Salmonash text line throughout the course of the show. Big Dub Raider said, how sad is it KC is still talking about that stupid bus trip? A supposed championship organization is still on that? Wow. Go Raiders. And, yeah, it's funny. To me, it's funny that they're still talking about it. I would think that they wouldn't even care at this point, right? I mean, because they're the Chiefs. They've won so much. You know, they're a team that they feel like every time they take the field, they're going to win. They feel like that they're an organization that should go to the Super Bowl every single year. I wouldn't think that they'd still be talking about it. But whatever gets guys fired up, whatever gets them motivated. And, look, it might not even be the players. It might be more the fans. Right. And fans, I mean, we live in Pettyville. Right. I mean, that's what most people do anyway. Live in Pettyville. Hell, Steph Curry says he, he's the king of petty. Right. So Steph Curry, he does it all the time. So maybe maybe it's just as simple as that. It surprised me. But there's that. Um, then we got another text from the 806. Seriously, man, listen to Chiefs media like that guy makes me want to win so bad. I hope it's a beat down. They're so damn arrogant. It makes me sick. They're just they're they're, they're in. I guess when you get in some kind of mode. And I know from my uh, Lockdown Raiders podcast tonight, I'll be doing a, a crossover edition with the Chiefs guy. And, you know, they just, they're so confident in everything that they do. Like, I remember talking to the guy who does the Chiefs show, and I don't even remember his name. He does the Chiefs show uh, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And he told me that, oh, no, the, the wide receivers for the Chiefs are actually better than they were with Tyreek Hill. And I'm thinking, Juju and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, what's his name, Scantley? And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, oh, no, it's better. It's better. They just, it's like, it's like they can do no wrong. Right? And I guess when you're used to winning like that, I guess you feel like, hey, you can't do any wrong. Me, I'm just I'm never I'm never confident like that. Even you know, I remember when the Warriors first started getting hot, I remember my, my boss in Central Texas used to tell me, Oh, you're not turning into one of those Warrior fans, right? Where you think that everything is, is always gonna be a win and I was like, Hell no. <laughs> Cause at some point, man, what goes up must come down, right? At some point it's gonna drop. And so I know I was always thinking, you know, but I guess I I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not that guy. But Chiefs fans and and uh, Chiefs media and all those cats, man, they're so comfortable. They think every time the Chiefs take the field that they're going to win. So, you know, yeah, I guess it is what it is. But Rob's a good dude, but he's just very confident that the Chiefs are going to put up 40 on the on the Raiders, which I, I just don't see that happening, DeMond. See, you say that, but then they did put up 40 against the Bucks, which is a top-five defense in the league. I see why they put up 40 twice That's this true. season already. That's true. Where, and then you got a team that we're close to this team, and we think that this team is better than their record says they are because they are 1-3. But if you're looking at it from the outside, if you're just looking at the records, you're like, hey, man, the Chiefs are averaging 30-something points a game, and they're, and they're going to be playing a 1-3 team at home. Why aren't they going to put up 40? I mean, I'm just saying from the outside, giving yeah. that perspective. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, and like, like I said, I'm not mad at you. I, I think that, especially from what we saw last week, and I know the Broncos are not the, the Chiefs at all, I just think that the Raiders' defense is, is coming around. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the Buccaneers are apparently one of the best defenses in the league, and they got 40 put up on them. 40 plus. So maybe maybe that's something that that could happen. Um, let's see. I got another text from the 408. I hate it that we have to kiss these Chiefs media's asses because they've been dominating so long. Uh, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, there's, you don't have to at all. 
right? I mean, look, I'm I'm cool with Rob. Rob's a, a good dude, you know. And and the folks that we you know we talk to and I and I communicate with, and I know that they have me on their shows uh, there in in KC as well to talk about the Raiders. I haven't had any problem with them. The only person I ever have a problem with is the uh, the Locked On Chiefs guy. That's the only guy that I've ever had any issues with. Everyone else has always been pretty cool. I don't I don't think that anyone ever really comes off like smug to us. I, I don't think so. Yeah, they, they they cover the team and they think the team's pretty good. What do you expect them to say? Right. I mean, yeah. but Boo Boo Smith Schuster being better than Tyreek Hill. I mean, come on, that's too right. Much that's what I'm saying. That's what you know. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. I guess. I guess. Uh, you know, sometimes folks get caught up in the success of a team. I guess you could put it like that. But there's you don't have. To, I mean, there's no there's no kissing anyone's ass. That's for sure. Nobody's doing that. Nobody would ever do that. That doesn't make any sense. Two fifty five is the time. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we need a quick break. We'll take a quick break and we will get to Paloma Villacana from Fox Five Sports. She'll kick off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.